What's next? Well, of course, this morning here at Beaumaris Morty Alec Baptist Church, what's next is our Christmas community festival. But what's next, though, in your life or in mine? In one sense, we know. We've probably made plans for today, for the week ahead, made plans for Christmas. But in many ways, we actually don't know what's next. That was true for Mary, that Lynn just read to us from Luke chapter 1. And as we, Mary had no idea of what was going to unfold next in her life. We look back and we know the story well, it's familiar. But Mary didn't. It was totally unexpected what was going to happen in her life. And so this morning as we continue our series on setting the scene for Christmas, not setting the scene in what takes place around us, not setting the scene in what takes place in our homes even, but setting the scene in our hearts and lives, preparing for Christmas. As we continue that series from Luke chapter 1, which is the chapter in the Bible leading up to or setting the scene for the, the familiar Christmas story that we know in Luke chapter 2, what do we discover this morning as we look at Mary? The lead up to Christmas long ago was full of the unexpected. It was full of twists and turns. It was full of surprises and shocks. And we looked a few weeks ago at what we could learn from the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth. But today we focus on Mary. Now some focus too much on Mary. Some elevate Mary to a place that is rightfully only God's. But others go too far the other way and focus on Mary too little. And and in doing so they miss the significant role that Mary played in God's purposes. But as we look closer today at the verses that Lynn read to us, what can we learn? What can we learn about Mary and about God's work in in and through Mary? Firstly, we discover, we can learn that Mary's life was actually quite unremarkable. Mary was a very ordinary and unremarkable person. A few weeks ago, Michelle and I travelled to Tasmania for our little granddaughter's first birthday And where we travel to, uh, where our daughter and son-in-law live, is not where most people who visit Tasmania go to. It's up in the far northwest tip of uh, Tasmania. Most people go down to uh, Hobart or to Cradle Mountain or to places like that. But uh, this is a little off the beaten track there. But when God sent Gabriel to Mary, he wasn't sending the angel to uh, to a central and highly significant place like Jerusalem. No, he sent the angel to Nazareth. Nazareth was a town in Galilee. It says in verse 26, as Lynn read, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Nazareth was on the road less travelled. Nazareth was off the beaten track. Nazareth was a small town, but it wasn't just the place where Mary lived that was unremarkable. Her life itself was actually quite unremarkable. Verse 27 says that God sent the angel to, uh, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, when we looked at Elizabeth a couple of weeks ago, we learned that Elizabeth was someone who was a faithful follower of God over many, many years. She was remarkable for her faithfulness to God over a sustained period of time. Mary was unremarkable from a human perspective. A young, 
unmarried teenager, probably no older than 14 or 15 years old, and, and uh, probably someone that would have gone unnoticed by everyone except by her family and her immediate circle of friends. Until, until God speaks to her through the angel. And he says in verse 28, the angel, it says, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. What a beautiful picture of the grace of God. That's what God's favour is, you who are highly favoured. This is not about who Mary, anything special about Mary. This is not about something significant that Mary has done that has caused God to say to her, uh, my, you who are highly favoured. No, this is about God's grace. God is by his grace giving, giving a sense of significance in his purposes to Mary. And God does that still to us in different ways, no matter who we are or who we aren't, no matter what we've done or what we haven't done. And right through the Bible we see this, and still today, God chooses to work in and through the lives of the unlikely and the unremarkable. That is what God's grace is all about, that we celebrate this Christmas season. The question of significance, it seems to me, is at the heart of human life and existence. Am I significant? Does my life matter? Do I really matter in the whole scheme of things in this universe, in this world? God reached down to Mary with his grace and said, Mary, you are significant. And Mary, I have a significant purpose for your life. But God is still reaching down. God still reaches down to you and I with his grace and wants to communicate that we are significant in God's eyes, that God has significant meaning and purpose for each of our lives. And even though you might think, well, my life is just so ordinary. My life is so unremarkable. My life, there's not much to my life that, uh, that, that is significant. God, by his grace, is saying to you, you are significant. And I have purposes for your life. Significant purposes. Even this Advent season. The mission of God is still something that God is placing in the hands of ordinary people like Mary and like you or I. Mary's life was unremarkable. But God's words were unexpected. Let's read on. Verses uh, uh, 28 through to 30. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. What was Mary's initial response? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. We know the Christmas story well, but uh, sometimes in children's um, uh, nativity plays or school plays uh, with the Christmas story, things don't always quite unfold as planned. And that certainly took place in a school nativity play one year as the child who was playing Joseph knocked on the door of the inn and asked, can you give us a room for the night? Well, the child playing the innkeeper decided he'd be a hero and go off script. He said, come in, I'll give you the best room in the best room in the inn. There was an awkward pause as every, everybody looked horrified. <laughs> What's going to happen now? What's going to unfold now? But young Joseph, the child playing Joseph, got things back on track by saying, Let me take a look first. Oh no, I'm not taking Mary into that. Let's head for the stable. <laughs> God's words spoken by the angel to Mary leading up to that first Christmas were completely unexpected. 
And they led to Mary being greatly troubled, as I read to you a moment ago, by those words. Mary was trying to process what was going on in her life and what on earth God was up to. And in that, Mary needed reassuring. And that is why God, through the angels, says to her, The Lord is with you, and do not be afraid. Still today, in this Advent season, you may find yourself in unplanned or unexpected situations. Situations that might cause you to be troubled. And, might need, and, and situations where you may need reassurance. And situations where you may ask, is God really with me? Mary must have wondered that. Is God really with me? And yet, still today, God's words, God's words to Mary long ago are still his words to you and I. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Emmanuel, God with us, is at the heart of the Christmas story. Emmanuel, God with us, present in the messiness of life, present in the mysteries of life. The God who came down to earth that first Christmas. Mary's life was unremarkable. God's words were unexpected. But God's work was unimaginable. Let's read on. Verses 31 to 37. The angel said to Mary, You will conceive and you will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over David's, uh, Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary said, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin, Mary asked the angel. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive it is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Or some verse, as some translations put it, nothing is impossible with God. I spoke earlier of our recent trip uh, to Tasmania for our granddaughter's first birthday. But as we actually arrived... Our other daughter, at the last minute, decided that she wanted to come over too. I couldn't imagine how she could do it. Flights would be full, car hire for someone her age would be out of the question, or so I thought. She found a way where I didn't think there seemed to be one. But in an even more significant and incredible and amazing and, and uh, astounding, miraculous way, God's unimaginable work, that Luke speaks of in Mary, a virgin giving birth to Jesus, the saviour of the world, God found a way, a God way, to do what from a human perspective seems impossible. Mary herself couldn't understand how God could do what was being described to her. And yet, as the angel said, nothing is impossible with God or no word from God will ever fail. God found a way where there didn't seem to be one. We look back and we reflect afresh into Christmas on the unimaginable work of God that brought his son Jesus into the world. But perhaps as we look at the present or even the future in our lives or our world, the question arises for us, just as it did for Mary long ago, is God able? Is God able? Is God able to work 
in my seemingly impossible situation? Is God able to work in, this, uh, in, in, in the brokenness and messiness and, uh, of our world around us and all that isn't as, a, as God created it to be, all that is far from that? Is God able to do what seems to us to be beyond the realms of possibility? Let's be reminded afresh this Advent season that, that uh, uh, nothing is impossible with God, that God's uh, kingdom will never end and that no word from God will ever fail, just as Mary was reminded long ago. But as we close today, it's Mary's response that I want to leave you with that was unconditional. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary didn't have any terms or conditions on her response to God. She didn't say, God, but, God, maybe, God, later. Mary had said any of those, wonder what would have happened. But Mary didn't. Mary had many questions, and we've seen some of those. But Mary chose to respond unconditionally in trust and obedience with a willingness to be a part of whatever God's purposes were for her life. What about you, I wonder? What about me? In what's next in the story of your life and of God's work in your life? The significant question is, am I willing? Significant questions this morning out of this, am I significant? Am I significant? That God answers clearly in his response to Mary and to us still. Uh, is, is God able uh, is a significant question as well. Is God able? And the response is, yes, God is able. But am I willing? Am I willing to, re- to respond and be a willing participant in the work of God, whatever that involves in my life or in yours? Let's pray together. God, we want to thank you.